For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Tess Weinreich. You're listening to Daybreak. Today, we cover an investigation into changed Title IX processes at the university, President Biden's expansion of health care for DACA recipients, and updates on a leak in classified documents regarding the war in Ukraine. It's Friday, April 14th. In August 2020, the university updated its Title IX practices to include a live hearing and cross-examination in cases of sexual misconduct, in accordance with federal regulations from May of the same year. Simultaneously, the university introduced what it calls the alternate resolution process. Through alternate resolution, on a voluntary basis, students can agree to arrangements and terms such as participation in behavioral training or restrictions from certain extracurriculars. However, the process cannot result in disciplinary consequences like suspension or probation, though parties can be disciplined for breaking a finalized and signed agreement. On Wednesday, Head Features Editor Paige Cromley talked to survivors of sexual assault about the processes. Today, Daybreak Head Writer Isabel Jacobson sat down with her to talk more about the piece. So your article details sort of a big shift in the management of sexual assault cases um, since the university announced it would comply with the federal live hearing regulations. Can you tell us a little bit about that shift and how victims have responded? Yeah, so Princeton University has to comply with Title IX because it's a federally funded institution. And in 2020, national Title IX regulations changed to require that any formal Title IX process include a live hearing um, with the option of cross-examination of witnesses and parties. Um, The university changed its policies to comply with these federal regulations, and they also implemented a new route for sexual assault survivors. So right now, if you have an allegation of a Title IX violation, I mean, you can do nothing, but if you do want to pursue some kind of justice via an established university route, you can go through the formal Title IX process, which um, will involve like a month-long investigation and a hearing, or you can now choose alternate resolution, which was created in 2020. And this is an agreement that you negotiate with the other party via email, kind of via a middleman. Um, You negotiate terms like maybe restrictions from certain places on campus, restrictions from certain clubs, or possibly a no contact order or other, a range of other terms. Since 2020, so since the formal Title IX process has included a live hearing and this new route has been established, most people who are going through some kind of university established process with these allegations have been choosing the alternate resolution route. So they've been choosing not to go through with an investigation, not to go through with a hearing, um, and choosing instead to negotiate a mutual agreement with the other party. Now, one limitation of the alternate resolution route um, beyond it having to be um, on a voluntary basis with the other party, right? So both parties will have to agree to the terms is that it cannot result in any disciplinary consequences. So if you are hoping for your perpetrator to be suspended, expelled, or even placed on probation, um, the alternate resolution cannot satisfy that wish. You would have to go through the formal process. You would have to go through an investigation and a hearing. So I think that survivors right now, when they look at the paths ahead, they kind of have to weigh a lot of the benefits and the costs of each route, right? So they could pursue a much shorter, more informal, maybe less invasive process like alternate resolution, but then they would also have to agree not to seek disciplinary consequences. And they'd have to agree um, to be kind of negotiating with their um, alleged perpetrator. Uh, Whereas the other process maybe has the possibility for more um, severe consequences, but also is months long and involves multiple interviews and live questioning. 
So I think survivors are kind of facing this trade-off and most are choosing to go with the informal resolution. Thank you so much. Thank you. You can read more of Cromley's reporting at dailyprincetonian.com or at the link in our show notes. And stay tuned for a longer episode on the investigation coming to your feed soon. Yesterday, President Biden proposed an expansion of healthcare coverage that would apply to around 600,000 immigrants who were covered by DACA, also known as the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. Biden plans to have this regulation passed by the end of this month. Its passing would mean that eligible DACA beneficiaries can get Medicaid coverage in most states of the U.S., and they can also, quote, qualify for subsidies to buy private coverage in state marketplaces everywhere if they earn more, unquote. Citizenship for those covered by DACA is also a priority for Biden. Continuing our coverage on the war in Ukraine, yesterday the FBI brought Jack Tikshera into custody on grounds that he had leaked classified documents about the U.S.'s spying on Russia amid its war in Ukraine. The classified files found online last month also include, quote, secret assessments of Ukraine's combat power, unquote, and intelligence reports on U.S. allies, according to NBC News. More specifically, the documents reveal sensitive information such as Ukrainian air defenses and South Korea's plan to deliver arms to Ukraine. Tikshera, a 21-year-old member of the Massachusetts Air Force National Guard, allegedly leaked hundreds of pages of classified documents on a Discord group that he oversees named, quote, Thugshaker Central, unquote. The online chat mainly centers around users, quote, love of guns, racist online memes, and video games, unquote, according to the New York Times. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced that Tikshera was arrested, quote, without incident, unquote, at a residence in North Dighton, Massachusetts, and added that the investigation is still ongoing. Expect another sunny day today with a high of 83 and a low of 61 degrees at night. That's all for Daybreak today. Today's episode was written by Isabel Jacobson and Navani Rachamalu, sound engineered by Eden Toshoma, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of The Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 22. For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Tess Weinreich. Have a wonderful day.